Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy here for me to be with you every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. on these domestic church media radio stations uh, here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but reaching all around the world and all the technology that we use. I'm happy you're here. If you are listening Live at 4.01 on this beautiful March 3rd, 2021. You can also watch the program because we do stream live video on our YouTube channel, and that's youtube.com slash domestic church media. And also live video is streaming on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domestic church media. And we're streaming live video as well on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So using all the means of technology that we can, uh, you know, the Internet has uh, been around for a generation now, and um, it can be used for very, very bad things, and like this, very, very good things, the proclamation of the gospel. So we're going to take every opportunity we can in using this powerful means of communicating, that is the Internet and all the other platforms that, kind of channel through it, uh, to reach as many people as possible. The world still, after all these years, needs to hear the gospel message. You know, we run that spot by Mother Angelica, and that was recorded, oh, probably over 20 years ago, where she says there are 6 billion people, and we have to reach them all. I think the number now maybe has gone up to 7 billion, but still have to reach them all. So this is one way of doing that. So thanks for being here with me and uh, on this beautiful March 3rd. I hope you're getting outside and enjoying some of the uh, cool but very brilliant sunshine out there today. Uh, A little hint of spring as we get closer and closer to that uh, wonderful time of year. Uh, And um, uh, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I was going to say something and I forgot. Uh, This seems to be happening a lot, but I can attribute it to age, age, right? Um, anyway, today is a Wednesday, the Feast of St. Catherine Drexel, a homegrown saint. Uh, she is entombed in a very special shrine at the uh, Philadelphia Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul uh, over in um, the Cathedral of Saints Peter and Paul over in Philadelphia. Uh, she, Her body was entombed at the St. Catherine Drexel Shrine in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, but uh, the, uh, they had to sell that property. They just couldn't afford to keep it anymore. And um, they've moved the saint's body over to the uh, cathedral at uh, Saints Peter and Paul in Philadelphia. So, you know, it would be, be a great trip, you know, especially during these uh, lockdown days. I guess a lot of a lot of children have been back to school, um, but I know there still is a lot of homeschooling going on. be a nice day trip over to the Cathedral of Saints Peter and Paul in Philadelphia. 
uh, to visit the tomb of St. Catherine Drexel, whose feast we celebrate today. Now, today I'm going to share with you some of our Holy Father, uh, his prayer intention for this month here in um, March. Pope Francis's prayer intention is for the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Let us pray that we may experience the Sacrament of Reconciliation with renewed depth to taste the infinite mercy of God. So I want to share, kind of expand on that a little bit, because he did create a video for this intention this month, and I'll share some of those words with you. And then I want to go back to the Second Vatican Council, Lumen Gentium, the Dogmatic Constitution on the Church, the section on lay people. Um, I do believe with all my heart, my friends, because of the state of the world right now, uh, this whole cancel culture, you know, the silliness of Dr. Seuss books being uh, banned, <laughs> canceled, uh, uh, Mr. Potato Head, and other more important um, aspects of our life that are under the threat of cancellation and, and uh, censorship. Um, I do believe, I really believe that the Lord is raising up saints right now in a way like perhaps no other time since the first century. Uh, I, I do believe that because there is a, a very obvious spiritual battle going on. We are in the middle of it. Uh, you know, it's not by accident that you and I are here in this time, in this day, that we were born for these times, uh, and the Lord is raising up so many saints, yourselves included, um, to do battle with the enemy. So I want to share with you from the 1964 document that the Council of Fathers released, Lumen Gentium, and there's a section there on the laity and the importance of the role of the laity that they, I believe, prophesied was needed and would be needed, especially for times such as these. So we'll get to that a little in a little bit, but let's first pray. As always, my friends, I do invite you to join me and all of our family gathered from across our wide listening and viewing areas around the world and uh, praying with and for each other, uh, whatever your special, special intentions are. And I know they are many. We all have them. I have them. Oh, my goodness. Uh, keep praying for the apostolate, for personal intentions here, if you would. I would appreciate that. But especially for the apostolate um, and all the work that we have to do. There's, <laughs> the mission fields are ripe, and we need laborers in the field. And where they're going to come from, only God knows at this point. But there's a lot of work to do. And as I've mentioned to you, again, I don't mean to be a tease, but uh, we have a very special project that we've been working on that we're going to... Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it as we get closer to the actual fruition of this. It's been on my heart for a few years and uh, we're, we're just right now in the middle of putting it all together. I'm very excited about it because for the past couple of years, it's, it's kind of been dormant. Uh, we began a few years ago with the, the renovation of the studio and our little TV set over there, hint, hint. And um, we are right now in the process of putting it all together. So I'm excited. And for the purposes, really, again, just using all means of media and communication to proclaim the gospel, to bring Jesus out into the world as he commissioned us at his, uh, before he ascended into heaven. So anyway, let's pray. And as always, my friends, I invite you to 
pray for your special intentions and all of you listening, watching. We're praying with and for each other for these intentions, whatever they are, the Lord knows. And so let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill for your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O Saint Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous towards those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect an, your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and also to Our Lady. These are prayers, Holy Father asks us to pray every day. He said, please pray them every day. And he asked us this two and a half years ago. Please pray them every day with the intention of praying to protect the church from the attacks of the devil, and we've added to protect our country uh, from our, the attacks of the devil, and also to please protect our families from the attacks of the devil, because the family is under attack, as you know. Uh, Sister Lucia, in a uh, letter she wrote uh, back, I think it was 19, in the 1940s, I think, um, where she said, the final battle will be for the family. And so we see the attacks, right? Let's pray. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers. O glorious and blessed Virgin, amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a special way, Saint Catherine Drexel, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you so much for praying. Uh, always a wonderful way to start our time together. Prayer is so important. Uh, again, again, I was listening this morning on the way in to Father Ricardo, who we have on at 8 o'clock, and he was talking about the importance of prayer and communicating with God. Uh, and, and I hope that um, during this Lenten season, I know I've tried to make the effort to spend more time in prayer, um, to just commune with God, to just con have conversation with Him, you know. To uh, and I'm very blessed because I have the tabernacle right here with our Lord present uh, in it, and uh, I can spend uh, some wonderful time in conversation with Him. But 
uh, and as much as a beautiful thing it is to be in his real, substantial, true presence, uh, you certainly know you don't have to in order to speak to the Lord. He is with you always, and he will remain with you. And so speaking with him and conversing with him and pouring your heart out to him in any way you need to, um, he, he loves that. You know, he just loves that. He loves to be able to console you and to f- for you to feel so comfortable with him, to be able to just reach out and just, just pour your heart out, you know. And so prayer is so important, especially during this, uh, these times of uncertainty, these times of challenge. You know, we find ourselves in these chi- times of, sometimes you, you, you read the news or hear the news, you, you know, read online the things that are happening in, in, in our world. And it's hard to believe sometimes, isn't it, to just look and see. I, I can't, they're, what, they're banning Dr. Seuss books? <laughs> they've, they've canceled Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Um, you know, changing the names of, of products that have been around for so many years and, and uh, this whole cancel culture. And that's just the, really the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? There's so many other things happening even more uh, disturbing and in some cases heinous things that are going on and accepted that um, is just turning our world upside down. And we as uh, disciples of Jesus, followers of Christ, uh, true Christians trying to live out that truth, uh, we find ourselves so many times up against uh, a tide of of rejection and and a tide of, uh, you know, people just who are— turning against us. How many people have lost friends, (laughs) family members over issues that we find ourselves faced with these days? I think, you know, my my parents, God rest their souls, this is the 10th anniversary, will be in August, or I'm sorry, July, the 10th anniversary of my mother's passing, and my dad uh, passed two years later. I I think even in that short amount of time, the the, the way things have changed so drastically, they they wouldn't have believed it. You know, they who are members of what is called the greatest generation uh, would, wouldn't believe what the world is uh, becoming. But as I said earlier, I, I do believe with all my heart that Almighty God is raising up special saints, men and women and children, young people as well, uh, for these times. I, I believe that. Um, and as we shared yesterday, you know, from Holy Father, the, the Lord uh, never lets the darkness win. You know, he always will overcome the darkness. And throughout the ages, we've seen when the darkest times uh, befell our, our culture and, and society and the world, the Lord raised up special saints. And I believe he's doing that right now. I, I, I believe he's he's raising them up in all areas of life, not just you know, religious life or apostolate or ministry. I believe is raising them up in all areas of life, whether it be, you know, social, political, whatever it is. I do believe that. And I think there are so many faithful ones in our world today uh, who now have been awakened by the, 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 the culture who are saying and are feeling the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to take those steps in faith, out of the boat, those leaps forward to do what has to be done to build up God's kingdom here on earth. I believe that. Uh, And so, you know, we, thanks be to God, we have the opportunity every day here 24-7 at Domestic Church Media 
to be doing that, to be getting the word out to as many people as possible. And as I said, as I've been sharing with you, and I, again, can't go into detail, but I'm so excited about the, the, the prospect of what uh, we hopefully will be able to do shortly um, and, and things that can be and reaching even more people and young people. It's so important. So anyway, <clears throat> let's uh, do this. Let's go to the Holy Father. Um, as I said, his uh, prayer intention for this month, Pope Francis's prayer intention for this month is for the Sacrament of Reconciliation. You know, every month the Holy Father puts out a special prayer intention. Well, this month, March of 2021, he says, Let us pray that we may experience the Sacrament of Reconciliation with renewed depth to taste the infinite mercy of God. And expanding on that a little bit more, the Holy Father uh, every um, month creates a video for the uh, Worldwide Prayer Network. And in that video this month, he asked for prayers for reconciliation, also called the Sacrament of Penance or Confession, is the means, he said, through which God grants pardon for our sins. In the sacrament, the contrite penitent discloses his sins to a Catholic priest who grants sacramental absolution. The penitent resolves to not sin again and performs an act of satisfaction, usually called a penance. Through the priest, God grants his pardon and peace, and the penitent is reconciled to God. Uh, Such a beautiful sacrament, and in many ways misunderstood. What's the you know, if I ask you, and if we had were able to interact here, you you would give me the answer. I'm sure. What is usually the uh, most common um, response from people who don't believe in the sacrament of confession? It usually is, "Why should I tell my sins to a man?" <clears throat> Meaning the priest. But we have to remember that in the sacrament. The priest is in persona Christi. He's in the person of Jesus Christ. When Father, at the time of absolution, says, I absolve you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, it is not Father who is absolving you, but rather Jesus himself. And that reconciles us to God. But it's so much more than that. You know, I, I, I know for some people it's a difficult thing to go to confession. It's difficult just as part of our human character to admit our failures, admit that we're wrong, admit that we offended anyone, let alone God, as we do in confession, and sometimes even try to justify our actions in a certain way. Well, it really wasn't a sin because I did it this way or I meant to do it that way. You know, obviously there are conditions, especially as it regards mortal sin, But it is a sacrament instituted by Christ so that we could receive this beautiful sanctifying grace. And remember, he gave the power to the apostles and their successors to hold bound on earth, whatever they say is bound on earth will be bound in heaven, to loose on earth, whatever they say is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Christ gave him, gave them, the apostles and their successors, that authority, the bishops and the priests, to do just that, 
And for 2,000 years, we've had this beautiful sacrament. So Holy Father, again, in his uh, video that he created, um, I'm just trying to get this little thing out of the way that's covering my head. <laughs> there it is. Uh, encourages us to go to confession, to receive God's forgiveness. And the Holy Father said, when I go to confession, now you might think, well, gee, why does the Pope have to go to confession? Well, he's a man, and he is as of a, as of a fallen nature as you and I. You know, there's, there, there is only one human being created by God, who was free from that, and that was our Blessed Mother. She couldn't have been conceived with the stain of original sin because it was she who would give her untainted flesh to the second person of the Blessed Trinity in the Incarnation, Jesus himself. So she had to be free from the stain of that sin. But after her, even no matter who else, save our Blessed Mother, everybody else created by God is born with the stain of original sin, including St. Joseph. <laughs> you may think St. Joseph himself was a man. He was not preserved from the stain of sin. But Blessed Mother was. We all are. The Pope is. So the Pope says, when I go to confession... It's in order to be healed, to heal my soul, to leave with greater spiritual health, to pass from misery to mercy. There was a great photograph, and I, I maybe have been a couple of years ago, where in St. Peter's Basilica, this is pre-pandemic, so people were there, um, but there was a great photograph where, you know, imagine the surprise on anybody's face. They're walking in St. Peter's, which is a, a huge, huge uh, basilica. But kneeling at one of the confessionals was the Holy Father making confession <laughs> to a priest just to show. And obviously he, he felt he, the need to go to confession right then, and he did. And he does regularly. John Paul, too, would say he would go. Um, at least weekly, sometimes daily, St. Pope John Paul II. But the, the purpose of this, as Holy Father said, you know, it, it's, it's in order to be, to be healed, to heal our soul, to leave with greater spiritual health, to pass from misery to mercy. And the Holy Father, Pope Francis, emphasized that the center of confession is not the sins we declare, but the divine love we'd receive, of which we are always in need. You know, we go to confession. And first of all, even before we go, we should be making a good um, uh, examination of our conscience. You know, when we find ourselves standing online for confession or sitting online for confession— we shouldn't be fiddling around with our phones and reading emails and things. In fact, if you're going to use your phone, you should pull up the Domestic Church Media mobile app because on our mobile app, we have an examination of conscience. 
you can find it right on our mobile app. So if you go to confession while you're waiting online, open our app and go through the examination of conscience to kind of evaluate where we have fallen and what we need to confess. And again, we have that on our mobile app. You can look it up. You can carry it around with you anytime you want. Now, this is why I love the, uh, the night prayer as part of the Liturgy of the Hours, because part of night prayer is you begin with an examination of conscience, and then there's a penitential rite. God forbid you don't wake up the next morning. You know, the Lord calls you home that night in your sleep. You want to be ready, as ready as possible. So we should make an examination of our day, every day, but especially before going to confession. So making that good examination of conscience, then entering into, if there is a confessional and if there is face-to-face, don't be afraid. I tell you what, I've told the story, and this always amazed me, but it really exemplified this um, spiritual amnesia, I think, that priests have, and they'll tell you this. I went to confession one day. It was a Sunday morning at, at a local parish. I needed to go, went, and it was face-to-face. And I knew the priest very well, and we went face-to-face, and I confessed, and I felt great. It's like getting that wonderful spiritual bath, you know? You just get washed clean. Felt great on a Sunday morning. And about two weeks later, it wasn't that much long after that, where Father came—actually, came came here to the studio— uh, he was going to do something for us, and I, I thanked him for coming by, and I said, Gee, I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks since I went to confession that morning. And he said, you came to confession? I said, yeah, I went to confess to you. He goes, really? I don't remember that. <laughs> it was like, as far as east is from the west, so far does the Lord put our transgressions, and so far does Father forget we even went. So don't be afraid to go face-to-face if that's all that's available. If you prefer going in the booth behind the screen and you need to find a parish to do that, that's fine. If you need to find a priest that maybe you're, you're, you are you don't know, maybe you're not that comfortable going to a priest that you do know, um, you know, I, it's tough for me when I go because especially if priests listen to Catholic radio <laughs> and I, uh, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, they might hear the voice and say, uh, would you mind turning your radio down while you can <laughs> While you confess. But don't be afraid, because it's not Father to whom we are confessing our sins. It's, it's Jesus himself. Father is there in the person of Christ. And Holy Father said, Jesus, who waits for us in the confessional, listens to us and forgives us. That is the center of confession. He said, remember this, in the heart of God, We come before our mistakes. You know, first of all, God knows our faults. God knows our sins. We can't hide them from him. Even if, you know, we think we can, we can't. It always reminds me of, you ever see little kids, you know, maybe maybe two years old toddlers who are doing something they shouldn't be doing, and they know they shouldn't be doing it, and they close their eyes when they do it. Because they figure if they can't see anything, nobody can see them. They think they become invisible. Well, and mom and dad will say, I can see you. (laughs) The Lord does the same thing with us, doesn't he? You may think we're hiding from him. I can see you. But he knows our fallen nature. And my brothers and sisters, if we go 
to the sacrament with a humble and contrite heart. That's all the Lord asks. Come to me with a humble and contrite heart. And we confess those sins and we admit our faults. And we ask the Lord for forgiveness. For these and all my sins, I am heartily sorry. Not hardly, heartily. <laughs> I always, when I go to confession, I always make sure I, I, I enunciate that word clearly so the priest knows I'm not saying I'm heartily sorry. I'm, I am heartily sorry for having offended you. And that's important to ensure that you go there with that true sense of, of humility, of contrition. And the Father will maybe counsel you a little bit. He'll give you some penance to do, whatever that is. And then he'll ask you to make an act of contrition. And hopefully, you know, you know it. Most confession, every confessional I've been to in all of our, any part of our listening area, the, the act of contrition is right there in front of you. They, they tape a copy of it in case you forgot or don't remember. And then through the ministry of the church, Jesus himself, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. What a great, great thing to hear, isn't it? And the Holy Father encouraged uh, prayers that God would give the Catholic Church merciful priests, he said, and not torturers. You know, you hear the horror stories about people who went to confession at one point or another and they got a priest who, you know, either yelled or lost his temper or chastised or whatever and it made them feel bad. And don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. Just know that when you go there and you step into that confessional, you're entering into that wonderful place of, of forgiveness, of mercy. And so this time is a great time to go to confession, the season of Lent, if you haven't gone. I haven't heard a lot about penance services and things because of the pandemic, but certainly confessions are available. And if you haven't been for a while, I ask you and encourage you, please go. And if you don't, you know, like I said, if you want to make a good active con or examination of conscience, Look at our, our mobile app, Domestic Church Media mobile app. It's on there. It's a great examination of conscience you can make. Now, let me take a break. I'll come back, and we're going to go to Lumen Gentium and the laity. So stay where you are. There's more to come. I'll be right back. Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. Let me tell you about the difference between a conversion and a simple change of life. Now you can change your life by changing your job. Now conversion is a change, but it's a radical change. For some people have strong wills. They can change. The, the Spirit of the Lord comes along and says, I love you, and they never heard that before. Today, we have an idea in this new society, the new, the new religion, the new theology, whatever you want to call it, that we never sin. Well, if you never sin, you don't need conversion, do you? What will you convert from? But see, that's one of those lies that we buy, and it's not true. We do need conversion. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think of the great faith of the immigrants from Europe, Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox, Jewish, the immigrants from Asia, and how they went on with great courage and determination. If you go visit this Ellis Island in New York City, you'll see endless pictures of faces marked by faith and courage and trust in God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. From Langhorne to Lake Como. Holmdel to Howell. Freehold to Fort Dix. Ringo's to Roosevelt. From Old Bridge to Oceanport. Red Bank to Rocky Hill. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All right, we're back. On this March 3rd, 2021, and uh, praying you're having a blessed day, a happy day, a holy day, and a healthy day. And, you know, we're starting to see some, some give in this whole pandemic situation. I'm sure you heard that Texas uh, now um, no longer has a mask mandate. And businesses can open 100%. We'll see what happens there, right? I mean, there's been a lot of, a lot of, and that's not the only state. There are other states like that now, too. So uh, let's pray. They say between the vaccines and between people like 
me and Cheryl, who had the virus and have the antibodies, that the immunity is, uh, you know, the, the cases, number of cases down by 70%, number of deaths down dramatically and hospitalizations. So that's great. That's good news. Let's just keep praying this thing out of here so we can get back to normal. Maybe we'll have a normal Easter. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this coming Friday is First Friday. And uh, we have a lovely lineup for you, our local lineup on First Fridays. Of course, uh, starting at 3 o'clock, Bishop O'Connell will be here for the Shepherd's Voice, the March edition. And then at 4, from 4 to 6, Cheryl and I will be here with uh, Friday Live. And we have a very special guest joining us. Um, make sure I get his name correct because uh, I don't want to mess that up. But he's an ethicist from the Center for Catholic Bioethics in Philadelphia, and it's um, his name is Ted Furton. And I invited Ted on uh, to talk about the moral responsibility of Catholics regarding the vaccines, especially the new Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Now, of course, the bishops came out with a statement yesterday, and I didn't read the whole statement, so I'm not going to really have—I can't really fairly comment on it right now. Um, but they did come out with a statement yesterday or early this morning uh, about the choices of vaccines, and I believe the gist of it is if you have a choice between the Pfizer and the uh, Moderna vaccine as opposed to the J&J &J vaccine, take those because of the um, uh, fetal stem cells that— line that was used for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Anyway, uh, Ted is going to join us on Friday, and he's an ethicist there at the Bioethics Center, and he's written extensively on this issue. He's he lectured on it, so he's going to be our, one of our guests. So uh, do join us for that. And then on uh, 6 o'clock, at 6 o'clock, uh, Bill and George will be here with the Brothers in Arms, and they're going to have a very special guest in studio joining them as well. Uh, make sure I get her name correctly. Uh, uh, let's see. Here we go. Um, well, let's see if I... Oh, Kimberly Sanford. And uh, she has opened a crisis pregnancy center, Options for Women Pregnancy Center here in Trenton. So Kimberly will be their special guest at 6 o'clock. Then uh, Father Steve DeLacy and Vocation Hour will be here at 7. So we have a nice lineup for you, first Friday already, first Friday in March. Um, and I do hope that you will stay with us. I hope that, um, you know, you always feel free. If you have any questions or comments, uh, please, you know, you can email me here at the radio station, uh, jim at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's jim at domesticchurchmedia.org. Uh, you know, we, we try to do the best we can. Of course, as an affiliate of EWTN, we are bound to make 80% of our programming EWTN network programming. So we have no control over that. I know there was an issue back in the um, uh, January when, um, what was the name of the program? <laughs> I forget. Morning Glory uh, was taken off. Uh, January 1st. And now we have, uh, of course, the Sunrise Morning Show. Well, that was not our decision. That was a decision of EWTN. They they discontinued producing Morning Glory. So we have no we had no control over that. But uh, they do a good job on Sunrise Morning Show. So some of those things we have no, uh, no control over. But even our local programming, 
uh, I always try to ensure that it's it's good quality for you and that it's uh, good to listen to. And we hear the local voices of people who live right here in our uh, domestic church media listening area, radio station listening areas. Um, so, but if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, always feel free to, to give me a, you know, shoot me an email and I'll do the best I can to respond. I can't promise I'll always respond. It's just sometimes there's a lot going on and um, it's just me. Cheryl will come in and help me out every now and then, and uh, but but there's a lot happening right now, so um, bear with me. And again, I just want to th- say thanks to all of you who are continuing to support us along these uh, tough times, I think, for the pandemic especially. But I do want to remind you that we do need more people like you to to reach out and support us because we've had some financial setbacks. Of course, the pandemic was a big one. And a more recent one uh, where we, uh, um, we had another radio station leasing some space here in the studio next door and also on our tower. And they're going to, uh, they want to leave that now and leave that lease. And that was a nice little monthly take that we got that we're not going to get anymore. So um, just pray because we have to make that up and, and, uh, we're trying to decide what the best way to do that is. So anyway, keep praying for us. We need your prayers. I need your prayers. Uh, I always go before the Lord regularly throughout the day, every day, and uh, have good conversation with him. So um, say some prayers. We appreciate it. Let's go to the Second Vatican Council. And this is Lumen Gentium on the laity. This is the dogmatic constitution on the church. And in here, they have a section on the laity. And again, this is 1964. And, you know, I remember 1964 vaguely, but I remember it. It's a long time ago, you know. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Make sure I get the right page here. This was from November 1964. So... But in this, the Council Fathers have a section on the role of the laity. And I think it was, as all as so much of the Second Vatican Council documents are, almost as if they were written today. They were written, of course, 50, 60 years ago, but it's all, 50 years ago, but it's almost as if they were written today. That's how relevant this information is, as if they had been given some foresight. So this is what they wrote, and we started this last week, but I'll continue. It says, in the church, not everyone marches along the same path. Yet all are called to sanctity and have obtained an equal privilege of faith through the justice of God. We're all called to sanctity, first of all. We're all called to be holy. And we all have an equal privilege in our faith. The fathers write, although by Christ's will... Some are established as teachers, dispensers of the mysteries, and pastors for the others. There remains, nevertheless, a true equality between all with regard to the dignity and to the activity which is common to all the faithful in the building up of the body of Christ. Again, we don't just leave this to our bishops and priests, men and women religious. We're all called to build up the body of Christ. I think this is part of what disturbs so many people of faith in our current culture. 
that so much of what is happening in the world today is it contradicts what we know to be true, what we know to be what we know to be holy and and, and the will of God and, and the the order of things. There's been such a tearing down and a uh, warping of culture that the people of God interiorly and exteriorly, but interiorly always cringe at some of the things you hear and read and see. But we are called, and this is what I said earlier, I do believe with all my heart, my brothers and sisters, I believe this, that the Lord right now, right now, I think this year more than any other year that I've lived, is raising up saints, men and women and young people, who had no idea that they would hear this call, had no idea that they would be given the power of the Holy Spirit, just like the apostles at Pentecost. Maybe that's what, you know, Pope Benedict, back in 2005, when he made his first visit to the United States, speaking to seminarians, I believe it was, at St. Patrick's Cathedral, said then, and this is 20, I'm sorry, this is uh, uh, 16 years ago, said that in the United States there would be a new Pentecost. And maybe that's what we're experiencing right now. Because things have gotten so bad, things have become so warped, things have become so ugly in many areas of society that the Lord is raising up saints, men, women, young people, to build up the kingdom of God. And this is our call by virtue of our baptism. The the Council of Fathers write as talking about, again, the faithful, you and me, building up the body of Christ. The distinction which the Lord has made between the sacred ministers and the rest of the people of God involves union, for the pastors and the other faithful are joined together by a close relationship. The pastors of the church, following the example of the Lord, should minister to each other and to the rest of the faithful, the latter would eagerly collaborate with the pastors and teachers. And so amid variety, all will bear witness to the wonderful unity of the body of Christ. Even as, I, you know, as I'm reading this, and I'm thinking about what I just shared with you, about something as simple as and as easy as our Friday lineup that we have, I mentioned to you that Bishop will be here at 3 o'clock, Bishop O'Connell. At four, from 4 to 6, Cheryl and I will be here, and one of our guests will be a, an ethicist who works for the, the Catholic Bioethics uh, Center. We're going to have, uh, with Bill and George's program, a woman who began a crisis pregnancy center. We have Father Steve DeLacy at, at six, uh, 7 o'clock with the vocation hour, encouraging vocations of the priesthood. All of these individuals 
using the gifts that they have to build up the body of Christ. You're going to hear it all in four hours on Friday. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I believe there are men and women out there right now, my brothers and sisters, and maybe some of you listening and watching right now are are included among them, that will step out and get involved in politics to once again be a politician who uh, is uh, values the the basic Judeo-Christian values upon which this country was founded. A mom, a dad, a teacher who's going to 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 reject the t- current tide of the culture in that it, that is is pervading our educational system, warping the minds of children with abominations. We need men and women and young people to stand up, to be raised up in building up the body of Christ in the world today. And I believe it's happening. I really, really believe it is happening. And I am uh, been doing this a long time. You know, I, I've shared that with you. It's my 26th year of doing Catholic radio, Catholic media. And I believe even in, after all these years and, and having reached retirement age, the Lord's saying, I'm not finished with you yet. <laughs> I gotta, you got to do some more for me. There's some other things I got have going on here. We're all called, right? And that's what the Council Fathers wrote in 1964. 1964. And he said, we're all called to collaborate. Pastors, bishops, men and women religious, lay people, we're all called by the gifts that we have to share those gifts with each other in building up the body. Again, go back to the first century church. Why did the church grow so rapidly in that first century? Certainly the Holy Spirit, but people's uh, becoming docile to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Not being of the world, but being in it and bringing Christ to the world. The Council Fathers write, as the laity through divine through the divine choice have Christ as their brother, who though Lord of all, came not to be served but to serve, they also have as brothers those in sacred ministry, who by teaching, by sanctifying, by ruling with the authority of Christ to nourish the family of God, and the new commandment of love may be be fulfilled by all. Saint Augustine very beautifully puts it. When I am frightened by what I am with you, then I am consoled by what I am with you. To you, I am the bishop. With you, I am a Christian. The first is an office, the second a grace. The first is a danger, the second salvation. So think about how it all works together, right? I was talking earlier in the first part of the program about the beautiful gift of the sacrament of, of reconciliation and the, the and and the wonderful sanctifying grace we receive in that sacrament and all the sacraments. The the reception of Holy Communion, Holy Mass, prayer, all of this builds us up spiritually and interiorly so that we can go out. But we can't have some of that without our brother the priests and the bishops. We can't have the sacraments. We can't have Jesus in the Eucharist without Father. We can't have the sacrament of reconciliation without Father. We have to work together. 
And in so many ways, I know these days especially, I'm sure there are so many pastors, if not all pastors, who are so grateful to their parishioners who will volunteer and do things using their own gifts and their own skills in their parishes to build up the parish, thereby building up the body of Christ in the community. We have to say, you know, one thing Cheryl and I were talking about recently, and maybe you've noticed this during this pandemic. We, we all seem to be entering in, have entered into our little cells. You know, we've been isolated so long now. We've been locked down for so long and been told to socially distance, stay away from each other, only have a certain amount of uh, number of people in, in your presence. It goes on and on and on. That we've become comfortable being in our own little cells, even families that used to have massive gatherings on Christmas and Easter and birthdays and holidays for the past year have sectioned off. And that, 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 that splinters the body of Christ. And that, that flows over into everything else, into parish life, into community life, into social life. But we're called to be many parts of one body, using our gifts, my friends, to build up this body of Christ here on earth and how important that is. And the Council Fathers saw this back in 1964. They wrote that the apostle of the laity is a sharing in the salvific mission of the church. Through baptism and confirmation, all are appointed to this apostolate by the Lord himself, everybody. Through baptism and confirmation, all are appointed to this apostolate by the Lord himself. Moreover, by the sacraments and especially by the Eucharist, that love of God and man, which is the soul of the apostolate, is communicated and nourished. The laity, however, are given the special vocation to make the church present and fruitful in those places and circumstances where it is only through them that she can become the salt of the earth. And so we're all called in whatever vocation, whatever state of life we're in, to go out and bring Christ to so many others. And that's what I said, I believe, earlier. I said earlier, I believe that, that, that the Lord is right now raising up special saints to, in their, wherever they are, whatever state of life, whatever vocation, maybe you're one of them. You're, you're feeling pulled, and th- this is an odd feeling. I've never had this feeling before. I remember that happened to me. I got to tell you, I was in, you know, I worked for FedEx for 15 years. In the last few years of my work there at FedEx, and FedEx was a great company to work for. They were grooming me for upper management. I mean, they, they, it was, there was no issue with, with the work or the workplace or the company. I, it was great. But the Lord didn't want me there. He wanted me somewhere else. And I would begin to feel when I was there that there's something that's not sitting well with me. And it wasn't had nothing to do with nothing the company was doing. It had nothing with personnel or, or, or you know, work environment. Nothing. It had nothing to do with any of that. It was on my heart that the Lord was saying he was, he was pulling me out and my roots were being ripped out. And he, he wanted to loose me and, and bring me somewhere else where I am today, and this is what it all came down to. Maybe you're feeling that. You know what that is? The Lord is saying, I need you right now. I need you to be my hands, my feet, my eyes, my mouth. 
I need you to be in the world for me to help build up my body. And whatever vocation you're in and whatever gifts you have, now is the time we're finding ourselves. It's no longer, you know, a, a, a hidden agenda. As I said the other day, last week, you know, Satan's fingerprints are all over this world. Everywhere. And the battle rages and the battle is on. And we are Christ's warriors. So if you're feeling that pull, if you're feeling that prompting, pray, pray, pray. Visit your spiritual director. Talk with your spiritual director and discern what the Lord may be calling you to. It's not saying he's calling you to a religious vocation, but he may be saying, I need you where you are and what you're doing and, and your, the skills and the gifts that I've given you. I need you to use them for me right now because the world and my church need you. Don't fight it. Pray about it. Become docile to that prompting. People may even think you're nuts, but that's good. <laughs> Believe me, I've been called crazy in the beginning especially. You're nuts. Thank you very much. This is what it's all about. This is why the laity is so important right now, my friends. Now, I see my, my, my time is, I have like five seconds before the music starts, but I want to thank you for your continued support, your continued prayers. Please keep praying for us. Let's pray for each other. Help us out. Keep these stations on the air. Please help us. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and make a donation. God bless you. God love you. I'll be with you again tomorrow, God willing. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. <laughs>